Hello everybody and welcome to the Rogue Mike podcast. This is the very first episode we're doing. I'm here with Al. Hello mate. And why are we doing this podcast? We're doing this podcast because we want to. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody has a podcast, why not us? So that's the reason for you. We have been having conversations with Al for a long time. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes deeper conversations, somewhat light, sometimes lighter conversations. We try and keep a bit of humour in our in our conversation as well. Not all deep, deep and dark, but we've got something to say to each other. Plenty, plenty, yeah. <laughs> as as it turns out, plenty more than we thought before. So, how are you? <laughs> I'm alright. We I have no script, by the way. No Absolutely script. nothing. We're just going free flow. Um, we haven't. We've been hit and missing each other for the last month or so with all these holidays and and duration of the summertime now we're in autumn yeah it's been raining all day in london it's been raining all day in london it's still beautiful of course but where do we start where do we start with holidays with time with life i think your holiday my my holiday i don't want to bore people with holidays but we we've got an image of singapore i cannot I cannot express how wonderful Singapore is. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah, yeah. Been, I heard that. Go. I heard that all. Tell okay. me about Hong Kong because Hong Kong the day you landed was the day that they stormed the airport. Yeah, all of the um, the peaceful protests that's going on in Hong Kong. It's um, when I flew there, I was ignorant because I didn't follow the current news. I just knew that there was protests going on, but just switched off from uh, current affairs that I didn't find out what it was all about. The day we was flying there, um, we packed our bags, jumped in a car, heading for Heathrow. Um, then the news broke out that the uh, the riots actually took place in the airport and they shut the airport down. So, like all travellers and people looking forward to the holidays, we panicked. Was we going? Was we staying? Was we delayed? Didn't know what was going on. So, me, my wife and kids, we just carried on driving to the airport because... Um, the airline company did not notify us that your plane was cancelled, so there was no notification. Just what the news was, uh, media was broadcasting. We carried on. We went to Heathrow, and to our delight, we saw the the the, the rep for the company, BA company, and we said, "What's happened to our flight? What's going to happen?" And he says, "No, you're still going. Everything's fine." And we just carried on travelling as normal. <laughs> Once we got to Hong Kong, we was overwhelmed. It was all peaceful. But the thing is, we've got a 12-hour flight flying into Hong Kong. And when we found out the news, it didn't happen now. It happened 12 hours ago with the time difference between zones of the world. So it's kind of really weird to comprehend. From the point of hearing, that was yesterday's news. (laughs) And by the time I jumped on a plane, it took 12 hours to fly there, give or take. So I'm going into tomorrow. So the whole, uh, the the concept of time was really, co- not confusing, but kind of like a little bit weird to, to take. So we flew into tomorrow, if that makes sense. We flew into tomorrow. Yeah. The airport was up and running. We landed. Everything was fine. Um, we came out in the departure lounge where people meet and greet you. And there was hundreds and hundreds of peaceful protesters all filled up the whole lobby of the airport all standing there with their leaflets and flyers and some sitting some standing and you was kind of like a little bit oh what have we landed where have we come and you know what is this 
walked through, walked through, just peacefully walking through, all eyes on us sort of thing. And um, then uh, one of the protesters handed over a leaflet to us, reached over and handed it to In us. English? The the leaflet, I, I, I can't even remember. I didn't <laughs> really pay attention to it. But I was still kind of like a little bit of a an awe state of some sort. We took the leaflet off him, carried on walking, and then they started to applaud us, sort of like, as if like... Um, we are supporting their, their 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 cause. Now at that point, I didn't know what their cause was, as I said. Um, and so we we got at the airport. We carried on with the holiday. It was all good. And there was a little bit of scare amongst us. Oh, we don't want to get caught up in street riots or tube riots and things like that. We avoided it. But in all fairness, we didn't even know where it was being taken place from day to day. So we was lucky. We didn't so it didn't really affect tourists. It didn't or? affect us at all. Um, me personally, I'm sure there's many tourists out there that did get caught up in it. Um, it's not violent or, or in general. No, it no, became violent. No, no, no. 99% of the time, they were peaceful and just. That was a month ago, as we talked about today, a month late ago. September. Yes. So now it might have changed uh, mm. a little bit. Check with your travel operator if you want to come. This is not a travel show, by the way. So we are not <laughs> impl implicating that you should go to Hong Kong. But I mean. Any other if country is just it? as good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not promoting. It's, it was good. We had a brilliant time. Brilliant, brilliant. I wanted to go for years, actually. So um, it's the first time I've actually traveled to the Far East. It was, um, I've never gone any further than Turkey. Like if, if and from Turkey, come back to all the way through Europe. I've done some European countries and I've gone to the West of Americas and Mexico's. But I thought, you know what, I'm, I've reached this age, I need to go and see the other side of the world. Absorb different cultures and experiences and foods and tastes. And um, So do you find that travel does broaden the mind? 100%. All 100%. Right. You come back with a fresh outlook of... It kind of puts me into perspective of who I am and where I belong in this world. Now, if I haven't kind of travelled east or like I've kind of gone to the west of the world and not any further than Europe, Europe, then I feel kind of like I know where I stand in the world within those zones, but now I need to go further and then re, re what recalibrate I suppose to readjust. Not, I mean, I'm not talking about pinpointing myself in the world. It's how I feel inside, mentally some form of spiritually i mean we was there we went up to the the temples in bali i went to temples and saw we've seen uh Balayan. Balayan? is that the right word Balinese? Balayan. i don't know you were indonesian there. i say indonesian, indonesian not to offend okay. um some of their i'm sure you offended some people who doesn't no, think they're they are indonesian but carry on bali isn't in you can't it's please everybody it's these days in the, it's in the uh indian uh the, the countries it's one of the islands um, but even in Hong Kong, we went and saw some Buddha temples. We went up with cable cars. That was an experience. Went up and saw the Buddha. I'm not of that religion. I don't practice any religion. But me as a tourist, why do I feel the need to go and see a Buddha? A huge statue. I mean, it's, it's a work of art itself. And then they, they had a temple there. So I could have gone and seen the Buddha itself and climbed all the steps and... I'm talking about the statue itself, not a live Buddha. The statue itself, which is a tourist attraction. 
But then I had the choice that when I came down those steps, I could have either gone left and gone to the shops or I could turn right and go to the temple. But I don't practice that religion. But somehow these temples and these religious buildings always somehow tend to pull me. Mm. I don't know why. It's not because it's religious, I don't think Is so. it the architectural side of it? Is it it's the tourist side of it to uh, see something? There is something... Uh, I think... I've been thinking about this. I'll tell you what. A couple of days ago, we watched uh, Angels and Demons, okay. the um, Tom Hanks movie, yeah. the Dan Brown adaptation. I love Rome. I'm not religious. I've been to I'm, Rome. I love I Rome. just can't get enough of Rome. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been a few years, and we were watching it. And I was so moved. Emo- it was an emotional to, to watch those scenes with the temples with the uh, with the statues with uh, the vatican yeah i'm not big on religion i'm i don't big on, on catholic church but when i see that's the root of my culture okay and somehow that makes me feel it's probably a tribal thing okay makes me feel belong makes me feel proud yes and it's just uh, it's it's just a, a feeling that's Elevating. So I respect what you're saying, and and that, brilliant, and uh, that's lovely. I have I was not brought up in the, the that sort of religion, or but but no, anybody. But yet, when I went to Rome, I could feel similar emotions to what you felt. Mm. It's the part of the history. It's been there a long time. The buildings, the grandeur, the statues, the even going to the Vatican. I needed to go to the, see the Sistine Chapel. Purely for the art, the Michelangelo paintings, the ceilings, the tapestries, that I was overwhelmed. I'm even kind of reminiscing now as I'm speaking, and I'm like, I would go to Rome any time, any time of the world, any time of the day. I would go back there all the time, um, even if it's just to go and have like a romantic kind of weekend and just to chill out in their little coffee shops or their squares. If you haven't been, I, I mean, it might not be the same for everyone, but I'm pretty sure everyone will feel something from it. Yeah, there is something to it that's just... So why it's the Pantheon, I think. If first time I had that deep sense of... Uh, Full of history and it's been... Because it's year. older than Christianity itself. Yeah, okay. It's an old Roman pagan temple. Absolutely. That was left there. Hence the hole in the uh, roof because yeah. they were having tribal rituals or pagan rituals where they were burning stuff, yeah. sacrificing and the the smoke to escape and the light to come in and everything. But it was just, it's still standing. How the fuck is it still standing? We had world wars. We had the uh, all kinds of wars. How the fuck is it still standing after thousands of years? It was maybe meant to be. Is it a spiritual thing? Is it protected spiritually? Or was it just lucky not to? Don't, I don't, don't know. know. We'll never be able to answer that, will we? No. But, mm-hmm. talking about old places, I've told you about the Turkish site. And I can't remember. What is it? Topati, Topati, I have to look it up because I don't remember. It's You've lost me now. I've, I've told you about it. I, sh- I showed you pictures as well. It's, they reckon that it's 10,000 years old. 10,000. I remember. Topo. No, 
Papalomba Abadin. No, it's not that. Okay, let's try it. Uh, but the point is, is like if I go to any country and they've, they're both. If I went to India and I went to sort of touch my heart, I'm sure I will feel overwhelmed. And if I went to any, um, like even simple temples or majestic mosques or churches or. I can go down to um, Rochester to one of the cathedrals. I can go to any, like, cathedrals and I would feel overwhelmed. I would go to Sports Cathedral and feel... I don't know. What what do I feel? There is something there. Are we seeking something? Am I searching for something? Or is it just a spiritual thing? I've yet to answer. If we, or is it, are you just feeling humbled by human achievement? I'm impressed with the architecture anyway. And I'm, I have a passion for, you know, those sort of creations anyway. So I'm in awe with that. And then it's just a whole being humble, just staying there in God's house or whatever religious house. It's fine. It's peaceful. It's good. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, that I found it. Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. I have okay. no idea if I'm pronouncing it correctly. No, that sounds good. Uh, so they d found the Earth. 10th millennium BCE. Right. So this Allegedly. Is an abandoned 8th millennium BCE. And if you think about it, the oldest pyramids that yeah. were still the square pyramids, not the pointy ones, but yeah. there was like sort of steppy, okay. uh, like the Mexican ones. Uh, they, they were about 5,000. Five so this is, so this is twice as old. Double the amount of... Yeah, yeah before Christ. And, and any trace as to who these people were? I mean, were they the they have they um, the what civilization? Uh, five thousand years before the Sumerians. <laughs> I don't know if they, they didn't know it, this is a, this existed actually. We're not. We we need to brush up on our history. But where where does that need to show me the map again? It's way down at right. So that's on the uh, yeah. Okay. Where is that next to it? Syria? That is closer to Syria because th that, the green part on the corner of it, so that, that's going more into the Middle East. It's right, so that's the, all the touristy part of Turkey where the sea is. Yeah, Syria is just underneath the border. Be and this whole, the, this whole thing was covered up, apparently. It was With seemingly, seemingly on purpose, yeah. were filled, filled in with, with dirt. And oh. just looked like a. We can we can read the Wikipedia entry actually, so we don't I'll talk to too much rubbish. By the way, whatever we say, yeah, don't take it as a fact because uh, I hear we're no experts. We're no experts at anything. We've got no. We see it, we talk about it, and that's about it. Yeah. So we're happy to people to educate us. We we like being educated, and we are human beings. So you tell me something today, I'm gonna tell you a different story back next day. So believing it, it was true. So, um, I'm just trying well, to can I ask you a question? You just said we are human beings, and then someone once quoted to me and said, "What is the difference between human beings and being human?" Big, big question, and big difference as well. I think. So we are all human beings. Yeah, as an organism. But are we all being human? No. Or humane or human, whichever. Human way. or humane, yeah, but other, other, you have to go into the whole thing of what where makes human start? being. Where do you? Where do you start? Where do you make a difference between humans and animals and some human beings' behavior like animals? 
Is it the compassion? Is it... Uh, I don't know. Because animals have... Some animals have compassion. You've all got compassion, and then animals will do. Because, I mean, well, if, if an animal gives birth to a child, or mammals, or mostly... Uh, but they will nurture that child or look after that child and, and blah, blah, blah. That's, so that is, blah, blah. that's, that's not that necessarily compassion, no. That is, uh, that's not compassion because they, very few animals will look after other, oh, yeah. other yeah, uh, of their species animals good point. because they are in a race for survival. Yeah, and yeah, the good less, point. less around, the less babies around them, uh, the more resources for there. But we would look after I've, I've seen things others. on youtube and things like that little people post it up or facebook or whatever uh, or any of those other media sites people have posted things where I've, I've recent one i think i've saw was a a monkey of some sort whichever species um and there was a pup a tiny little pup it just couldn't look after it and this monkey took to the pup picked it up and kind of looked after it uh, after it and mothered it and even when it was going to feed the pup, it would kind of put the food in front of the puppy, let the pup eat first, and then she would start eating it herself. So she's adopted a puppy. So that is compassion. That is yeah, mothering, that is nurturing, that is... There's a gorilla who has a, a pet kitten. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And I've just heard on a podcast today, it was oh. so funny, like they were, they were talking about animal uh, intelligence, Yeah. as in how an intelligent animals are. And <laughs> this gorilla ripped off a sink off of the wall in the, in her enclosure. In enclosure ripped yeah. it clean, got pissed off, ripped it clean off the wall. Like in a zoo of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like the, this is a research, I think it's a research institution. Right. So they've got yeah. games and tools and they just, because she's, she's got a pet as well. Okay. And I think one of these gorillas that c can communicate with sign language. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when the keepers came back in, and ask her, that, oh, who did that? What happened with the sink? The gorilla sign that it wasn't me, it was the kitten. Pointed uh, at the kitten. There you go. Now that's a sort of intelligence. Oh, there was my favourite one, was the San Diego Zoo, where every morning they came in, and all the monkeys from the monkey enclosure were all over the zoo. Okay. Someone let them out. Right. So they get them back in the enclosure, they close in, next day, they're all out. All again. out. Goes... Two weeks, three weeks, they put cameras, they stay over. Still trying to work out. And they they removed everything from the monkey enclosure. Mm -hmm. So one of the orangutans, an old one, someone saw something uh, glittering in his mouth. Okay. And it was a, a piece of wire of some sort. Yeah. And he was using that to pick the lock every night to get out. Wow. It's not the fact that he could pick the lock. It's not the fact that he was using tools. It's the fact that he knew that How if they find it, they, they will take, take it, it away. Now, for me, that's the step towards higher intelligence. Absolutely. The cunningness, the, the, that's the just to cunning. cover it. Yeah, that's just cunning. And game over. He knew that the game would he be over. And he knew he, and he hid it in his mouth because... He knew that where they're going to look, they're going to take in everything. That's he right. Uh, absolutely unbelievable That's story. the first I've heard that story. It's very impressive. So are the apes going to take over the world at some point? Are we going to have Planet of the Apes? Well, we have to... I think we have to die out first for them. And they have to outlive us as well. 
which is not they're not going doing great because now the uh, Southeast Asia Java I think is burning down at the moment. So the we'll just uh, leave the films and the fiction to one side. It's not going to happen. You mean if uh, they're going to build a society and a civilization? No, not in our time. Probably about two or three hundreds of hundreds of years, but something. Nah. Nah, it's not going to happen. We won't go down that morbid road. They are. They there are suggestions that they are evolving. They recently started to find wild monkeys who were using tools. One wild monkey was using a spear to fish. Right. Probably I'm saw uh, humans do it. I don't think the monkey. We're not going <laughs> to be around long enough to see that happen. I doubt it. But it's the AI um, thing that's going to take over the robots. The that's should we be fearing that should we be should we be embracing it because we've got technology is coming on new phones new gadgets new laptops new tvs we've got robots doing hoovering and stuff okay, like I that i tell you what i know about ai again i don't know nothing about ai but i just tell you what i gather from news and people i talk to actually i talked to a software engineer today uh in my honest opinion, what they call AI is not what we think AI is. They're telling us that AI is basically a computer that acts like a brain. Yeah. It learns and then it makes uh, conclusions. But you have to go back there. Where, where do we... The same question again. Where do we become human beings? Uh, you born? Yeah. You don't leave your mother's side, your mother doesn't leave your side and teaches you stru stuff straight away. So there are some coded in you, like um, newborns distinguish languages. Mm -hmm. So even a newborn, after the first few weeks, while the, um, the senses, the hearing, the sight adjusts, can't really hear anything. Yeah. But they can distinguish between someone talking on their mother tongue and someone talking in a different language okay. by uh, punctuations, by rhythm. Uh, they pick up accent, basically. Okay. And they they born with that. That's not learned. They don't have time to learn But that. all the time they're being carried in their mother's uh, so womb they, and stuff. So they're, they're, they're constantly anyway. learning... Tones, rhythms, motions, m movement, or whatever. And don't touch this, don't touch that. Oh, okay. Behave like this, behave like that. By the age of two or three, they should be... Know their boundaries to within reason. Yes. So we don't know. But what we need to do, which is it's never going to happen because it's completely inhumane, you, you would need a 20, 18 or 20-year-old person who never met another human being. Yeah. And what... The would, will be. would the human behavior, what we call uh, acceptable human behavior, would it emerge by itself? What? Or would it be an art of control so animal? So this is a matter of nature or nurture, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. So but with AI, is the same thing happening. Like I'm saying that, oh, you have to teach every single parameter of life to the th computer to be able to understand what sort of conclusion it would come to based on the data it receives. So... There is a Netflix serial or film or whatever. I haven't even looked at it yet. I just saw the trailer. Yeah. And it's about, it's a girl in space who's got a robot for a nanny. Yeah. She calls mum. Okay. 
would be really interesting to watch it. Um, now you mentioned it. No, it's just, no, it just reminded me. No, I, don't know, I haven't watched it. So we I don't are know. human as human beings, as even the animals, even when my cats are walking around the house, cats are pets. They need to be petted. Dogs, cats, whatever, all these sort of animals. We bring them into our homes, bring them into our lives because they do something for us. We do something for them. Um, our partners, our wives, we have children, we have grandchildren, we will have friends, close family, close friends. Um, I'm not going anywhere sort of perverse about this in any way, shape or form. Pure human contact is what I'm kind of trying to emphasize, that we need, we need it. We, we will thrive on it. We need it to thrive off it, basically. If we are isolated with just a computer, as a nanny has just said, on a computer, the computer could do everything for you, but even just someone sitting next to you even just you sitting a meter two meters away from me is is close enough human contact even just us conversing is making us what's it making us it's making us human let me be the devil's advocate go for it for five minutes no problem are we not these biochemically driven robots so you've got chemicals, you've got hormones, you've got different chemicals secreted by your different glands in your brain and okay. they make you feel and make you do stuff. And Right. So uh, if, if I wanted to build a human, if I was some sort of supernatural, I'm not going to use the word what it's called because I don't want to, a supernatural being or whatever. So without knowing what life is, I'm... Um, creating life yeah and what i have is organic things okay you put them together they form clumps then they grow okay like you were growing a pot and then i could I, w I would have to somehow manipulate them to do stuff to themselves to each other are we not are we not getting that bit closer are we not putting the uh like a pacemaker for the heart so we are using all of this technology nah, nah, to no nah, i'm life. not talking about uh, merging technology or, or machines with, with with humans i'm talking about human not just humans every living being is a biochemical machine perfect could be viewed as such and I think so it's just perfect the way that we are formed and shaped. Um, the scientists are still trying to find out how certain parts of our bodies are working, i.e. the brain and fit. There's oh, still everything. So, much, there's so much more to learn. And the more they learn about it, then the more they can do to enhance our quality of life or live longer, as you mentioned the other day, or you know, take out certain genes from our body, the bad genes, and produce good genes, which was also mentioned by yourself. Um, apart from all of these thoughts that we kind of have in ourselves that, you know, be it cancerous or other things or other illnesses, on the whole, I think we are perfect the way we are, basically. Whether some live to 100 and some live to 50 and some are unfortunate or less and whatever, is, are we talking biological? Are we talking spiritual? Are we talking fate? Are we talking destiny? Are, are we 
uh, is our fate written the moment we're born? Are we destined to go in this direction and marry and do and have kids? And I, I, there's many unanswered things. But the things that I cannot answer, I am quite happy to accept as they are. I think um, you will never find any machine or man-made machine or laptop TVs or anything is no more... The human body is the most complicated, um, complex, not complicated, complex piece of being or animals or any form. It's perfect the way it is. Be it God creating it, be it uh, molecular, uh, we was formed from molecules or the Big Bang Theory. I don't care. I don't care. If, if it's created by God, if it's created by the Big Bang, if it's created by whatever. We're now in 2019 and I'm 50 years old. I can't go back billions and billions and billions of years. I'm living today and I'm accepted who I am and what I am and what I'm surrounded by as of today. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, one day. I don't care. What if it's it's a, what, uh, it's the Matrix? What, oh. if, what, what if you're not even here? It's so just what? So simulation. If this is Matrix and I'm uh, I'm here, then I'm believing who I am within the Matrix. So that's good enough for me. Right. Okay. Not a problem. And so you wouldn't you wouldn't care, as long as your personal experience satisfies you. You don't care what's this what what's the reason or the setting is. No, I'm Be satisfied. God, evolution, simulation. Listen, whatever. I was born fifty years ago. I'm here for a reason. Be it my dad, be it my mum, be it God, be it whatever reason be it i'm supposed to be here in my mind's eye i will why am i here I keep questioning why why me are you still questioning that you, or you, you not? i kind of i'm comfortable with who and what i am but i still feel that there is something there out there after all these 50 years that i still got to achieve something i'm an achiever and i want to achieve i'm not going to be the richest man i'm not going to be the tallest man i'm not going to be the cleverest man in the world, but I am destined to do something and I have achieved a marriage, uh, children. Um, I will leave some small legacy behind, be it that my children will carry it on and I have not broken, broken down the family cycle. It's kind of from my father, from my grandparents, from you just carry on that link. Is that not enough for me? Would be enough know. for me. I haven't done any of those things yet. Yet. And that's your lifestyle choice. If you want to. No, not really. It was circumstance circumstances just you know, the planets haven't aligned yet. I, but I'm still split over that do I really want to or so you know, it's, it's no pressure, but I don't know. I don't know what I want. I'll I'll figure it out later. Let me know. Yeah. We'll have another chat on the podcast. Yeah, you of course. Yeah, of course. Not a problem. So artificial intelligence is here. Technology is here. We're spending billions of pounds developing it. Loads of geeky, clever, scientific people out there. Good for them. Cars are getting better. Lifestyle's getting better. Houses are getting better. We as humans are getting lazier. I've heard that 90% of... Uh, I personally am getting lazy because if I can go home and I can open the door and say, lights on, put the kettle on, 
blah, blah, blah. If I just talk to my house, to a smart house, and everything comes on and off, put the heaters on, lower it down, thermostat, it's all hit now with all of these uh, things. Makes me feel useless, not lazy. Makes me feel like a, a disabled person. Why would I, why I can't get up and switch the lights off? Why I can't do things for myself? Okay, so if we go back 30, 40 years ago, as a child, we had a black and white TV in my mum and dad's house in the kitchen. We were so proud to have a black and white TV. No at remote. The age of six, seven. No remote. We was lucky to have a TV. Remotes weren't even invented those days. <laughs> a black and white TV at the age of six, seven, eight. Three channels, two or three channels at the time. Um, then we got a colour TV. And I was a boy holding a bloody aerial up because it, it, it was like, it, it was, my brothers were picking on me, hold the aerial, don't move, get up, turn the TV over, get up, turn the TV over. So there's all these arguments. Then we get the remote. Then we can't, the remote is there. So the argument is, Who's can you pass me the remote? <laughs> because I'm not budging from my seat. <laughs> now we're hogging the remote next to us. Or now Pathetic. we've got, now we've got so lazy that if the remote's there and I can't be bothered to get it, I've got the app on my phone <laughs> mimicking <laughs> the remote, so the phone's always in my hand attached to me. <sighs> so there you go. No, no, that's, it, it What's doesn't next? mean. I, it, it just, it, it's not it outrages me or anything. I just, I just don't feel. I like, I like to do things for right. myself. And as I've spoke to you before, and I will repeat myself when I go back home. And I, I call Cyprus my home. I was born in London, but my native home, where my family originates from, like when I go back home and I go back to simple living, they've got everything there. They've got all, whatever, however lifestyle we're living here. But I can go to the village where it's not much more simple. Farmland, crops, fields, tractors, that sort. And I can go to a simple, humble village home and I'm so relaxed, so relaxed. That I'll just sit outside under the vineyard, under the, 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 the trees surrounding you. You can hear the crickets. There's dust everywhere, tractors driving past. You just have a coffee and a tea with your, your family. Simple, down-to-earth living. And they make fresh bread, fresh cheese, fresh produce, olives, olive oil, all from the fields. Why do I love that so much? Why do I yearn for that? And yet, as I said, I've been to Singapore last couple of weeks ago. Loved the whole modern technology and artificial and building and skyscrapers. I need that in my life as well. But too much of this city dwelling. I just want to go back to simple life. Yeah, because you live in London, but you live in a suburb of London, which yeah. is all gardens and leafy. Yeah, yeah. So you don't really live in... Uh, when people say, oh, London, 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 then they always picture the London Eye and the, right. the city with the tall buildings and the buzzing atmosphere with millions of people moving about every day, but you don't you don't live in that. You don't I've, engage I, in I've, that. I love London, and I would never disrespect it. I was born and brought up here, and I still love it, and I can't imagine living anywhere else, okay? However, with... The ultra modern living in Hong Kong or Singapore is all skyscrapers. New York is all skyscrapers. Beautiful, tall, tall, tall buildings. But I stayed in these buildings for hotel purposes on the 30th floor, on the 40th floor. You've got the whole panoramic view beneath you. Took it all in. 
four or five days later, I've kind of had enough of that. I need to get down on the floor, get my feet on the ground, and just feel connected to the earth. You can't stick me in a skyscraper. Um, so when I go back to the simple island living, i.e. Cyprus, where I've got the mountain behind me and I've got the coast in front of me and I'm living in a bungalow type, uh, no stairs, just on the, f on the ground. I'm more connected to earth. Don't put me up in a skyscraper. I don't, I don't want to be up in the clouds. I would rather walk a mountain and climb a mountain rather and get my head above the clouds and experience that because I'm climbing up. Don't stick me in a fast elevator and get me on the 50th floor and, because, yeah, it's lovely, Empire State Building and, and the, the, the Trump buildings and whatever. I've, I've seen it all. But I'm not impressed. But I'm not impressed to say this is how I want to live my life. No, just... You didn't mention the Shard. The Shard and many things. All of these tall places and, you know, all over the world. They were building, like in Dubai, all these tall buildings. If it's man-made and it's artificial and well done, well done for the architecture, I'm impressed. Very impressive. But it's not for me. Mm. And I need to know that I could step out the, the the little simple dwelling of a house, reach out and pick some apples and plums or some spinach off the floor and watch a little field mouse run away. Because then I know, <clears throat> or I feel, that I'm part of the world. Not in some artificial, concrete, steel structured building that I've got the penthouse and no that it, it doesn't I don't want to live that life now your your children probably going to say the same say the same thing because they were raised up in, in on Cyprus and in well they were garden. raised and brought up in London but then I will then do my best within our garden space to create uh, uh, a natural, organic, we, we plant foods and, and beans and tomatoes and, and raspberries. So they need to know the nature of getting their hands dirty, getting it into soil, um, harvesting when the time comes, watering, nurturing. I think if everyone does some form of uh, gardening of some sort, then it enhances their self-being. Basically, you will appreciate where the food comes from. You'll appreciate what you're eating. Um, is that too much to ask for? No, that's perfect. I think. But we can't mm. live without the modern day living. I've got my phone in my hand. I'm checking my emails, checking my phones. I need to stay connected to the rest of the world. How did that happen? Don't know. So is there not a, a sort of a, a fear of missing out? If I, if I lost this phone right now, I could say, yeah, I, I, I want to shut off from the rest of the world. I don't want to speak to anyone. Leave me alone. Put me in a little pea green boat and I'll go fishing. If I dropped that phone and I lost it and I lost all my contacts and all my information, I will feel devastated right now. And I will probably go through a panic zone of about a month. Oh my God, I've wiped myself off. You know, I've lost all these Why numbers. Is your phone not backed up? Yeah, you could back it up and you could do this. But I mean, you if, should. I'm, if I'm talking about 10, 15 years ago, before all of these backing uh, okay. up systems was around, when I did lose the phone, that was how I felt. It felt like 
somebody just picked me up, took me to the edge of the world and just dropped me off into space. I just felt lost. But prior to that, prior to having a phone, I stayed connected to the world. And all of a sudden, losing the phone, why am I feeling lost? Get a grip, basically. And, and how did we evolve into this um, sense of being belonging to the world via contact and media and stuff like that? We always belonged to the world since the day we was born. We had a handful of friends that mattered to us. We had uh, family surrounding us that mattered to us. But all of a sudden, we needed four, five, six hundred uh, Facebook friends and Instagram friends. And I don't, we don't need these people. I don't think we can handle them. I don't need them. I don't, I don't think we were built to have four, five hundred people. Well, there's Dunbar's number. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of Num Dunbar's number. He reckoned that it's about 155 connections that the brain can handle. Okay. That's 155 faces, 155 different. Yeah, yeah close connections that you in would interact with and that would be a bronze age community yeah 100 155 hunter gatherer people together when you grow bigger than that then they usually split up or they go off to find other places and and that's i think that's the most the largest uh, chimpanzee communities is about 150. i've got more than that in family if i threw a birthday party for one of my daughters or my wife i could probably chucking about 200 people into my house into my back garden or daily interaction in. these are between the four of us a family of four of us between the four of us we could put 200 people into that house and there will still be a lot of people that we haven't invited mm. okay if i said to my youngest daughter she'll probably bring 20 30 people my wife will probably round up 100 people I will round up about 50, 60, 80 people. My other daughter, likewise. And from that network of those people, we could still drag in more people that we've had contact of some sort. But it's a difference. I think there's a difference between I know someone because I know they exist, but I met them at a party and, and someone introduced what, me. Is that not what Facebook is all about? I don't know what Facebook is all about because I'm not on Facebook and I don't think I'm ever going to... Because I've got a list of people all pending for me to request, um, not to request, to accept their friendship. And they are kind of friends of friends of friends. And I'm like... And I find it kind of... Um, What's the word? I'm honoured that they want to be my Facebook friend. But then I started doubting and questioning. I was like, why would you want to be my Facebook friend? Because I don't have time to see you. And I don't need to know what goes on in your life. And I... It, there's, is so when they talk about Facebook, it's... In, in the modern world, mm -hmm. you need networking to get ahead. Okay. I've realized it quite late in life and I've got no network whatsoever, but I'm, I'm working on it, don't worry. So you need networking, you need to know people, you need to be able to call people for Absolutely. Uh, business or help or whatever, whatever reasons. Facebook is brilliant for that. Facebook, what's not good for is to have social interactions, right? So uh, hit me up on Facebook yeah. so I can have a an open channel of communication to you when I need something is one thing. If you live your family life on Facebook, 
in a chat group talking to your mother and then everybody that's not good that's not what it meant to be um it has diverse quite a bit because a lot of, i mean i've stopped sharing a lot of my personal life on facebook well i never really got into it yeah so i've always been a stalker on facebook i've had people and i've i've just stalked and watched and commented lovely happy birthday blah 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 but i'm not one for sharing my personal life on it i don't mind on the podcast i could talk to people um but if i've got something important to say to people i would either set up a, a private messenger or something and talk to that person privately Hmm. even sharing the media close friends i don't want everyone to see what i'm writing to if i'm going to talk to you i would either phone you first of all text you personally i don't need to share it with the rest of the world but it has got to that state it has with the other instagram or or things like that and people are just all day long snapchatting instagramming Look at me, look what I'm wearing, look at me, this is what I'm doing, look at me, whoa, 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 hang on, enough. It's another form of shallowness, I feel, or insecurity, I feel. Well, the CIA and the FBI loves it, I'm sure. I don't think it's what it's designed for, but... So what, what's, what's the next major big thing after this? Obviously, we're not going to know because we would be inventors, and but... No, it's, uh, it's all getting more and more integrated into your your body your your life your body so i just feel that we're going to come home the tv will switch on itself that we will detect that we've walked in the tv will come on i will then be able to kind of just uh, wave a hand i just want to see what my aunt's doing for instance or my brother and siblings or friends are doing all those things already exist right so that would be the case so i could just come home just swipe my hand um i'll be connected to you i'll see you Corner to corner, what you're doing in your flat, you best put some clothes on because I don't want to see everything. But that is there, yeah? Cam- yeah, even better. Facebook is working on, uh, not just Facebook, every major, like Google had the Google Glasses. Yeah. They were banned based on privacy issues. Hmm. So but I'm wearing a, a inconspicuous glass, a, set, a pair of glasses. Okay. That if if you know what a Google Glass is, you will see it's a Google Glass. But if you don't, you just assume that I've got some fancy new uh, chic thing going on, and I've got these fancy new glasses on. What were the Google Glasses? It's do? it's it's, uh, it's a camera. Yeah. And it's augmented reality. So, and Facebook done this way before the Google uh, thing. This augmented reality thing. They 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 made an app. They went to Amsterdam. They were showing the the report i saw was in amsterdam the guy just held up his phone with the camera on yeah uh pen over the people. mass of people on the high street okay. and the little facebook icons popped up on people's heads like oh this is this this is this this is this because they knew everybody has it, no, it wasn't face recognition it was more to do with the actual app on the device okay so whoever had the app is presumably the person who's on uh, that person who's uh, your Facebook friend. Yeah. Unless the phone was stolen from them. So, uh, and then businesses coming up and you you point the phone on the McDonald's and it pulls out 20% of, from, of hamburgers for an hour or whatever. Yeah. So there's all these, all these all sort of things. All flying around. All, all these sort of thing is now going to be in, in, in glasses. Right. And it will be voice controlled or, or, or whatever controlled and you will be able to uh, 
interact with the world on the next level, basically. It's like your phone was always in front of your face. And I don't know. I, I, can, I can imagine augmented reality in uh, law enforcement. Yeah. With the face recognition, which, is, which doesn't work, by the way. They, f- they say it's working when you come through passport control. There is a little circling yep, yep, light. With yep. the, that's that's what they, they're doing. Uh, they're recognizing your face. I don't think it's working. I don't think it's ever going to work 100% accurately. So as a human race, are we getting better? Are we getting worse with all of this? Again, you have to... You have to describe describe to me what a successful species look like or Okay, or if we look at do. the third world countries and to name some real impoverished places, I, I'm not going to name, but you know, extreme cases of third world where they haven't got water, where they've got famine, where they've got bits and pieces, they've got simple cattle, simple mud huts, and listen from jobs. an evolutionary point of view, we are very successful, and it's. You, the only way you have to measure it is the number of number of people on the planet. Okay. That would not be here without technology. Because, uh, interestingly, it was it. I'm I'm not saying that the it w- well they do say that uh, um, necessity is the mother of invention. But every time there was a major technological breakthrough, be it be uh, be it the crop rotation, be it agriculture, be it um, steam engine, whatever, the plow, yeah, the wheel, yeah, there was always a boom in populations. So it seems like that the populations grow until the technology allows it to grow, and then something new comes, and then something new. It's mainly talking about probably food production things and 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 water carrying like the romans with the uh, aqueduct well but if, if we go back centuries ago and whatever the average expectant life expectancy was let's say off the top of my head for man the average life expectancy would be 45 50 now if there's a healthy young 20 year old then and then he got married and had kids and whatever, and then he was 40 and 45, and then he, due to some illness, he passed away. But if no one lives more than 50 or 55 in that decade, in that era era of time, then, then what's my point? Now, my point is, that was normal living. So if, if there's a man that reached 55 and 60, it's, oh my God, you're doing really well. Look at you, you're 60. And then he dies before he's 60. Oh, he's had a good innings. He's had a good life. Now we expect to live to 100 you with health, with with wealth and health and good living and and more uh, uh, help from doctors and, and major breakthroughs. Um, so <coughs> this is what we expected. So in the next 100 to 200 years, are we expected to live to 120, 150? What is that, is that going to be a norm? Does life begin at 80 then? Because now it's like, well, when I was a kid, they were saying life began at, at 40. Now I'm 50. People are saying to me, oh, yeah, life begins at 50. I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. When, when did that change? Because we were expected to live longer. 
as we are living longer. Well, hang on. That the original question was: Are we a successful species, or, or are we? What, what was the question again? Oh, you've lost me now. Yeah, <laughs> you don't remember either. So yeah, my point was that uh, as a species, you are successful as long as your individual people live long enough to reproduce. If they could do it at year five, we can reproduce now. We could. You know, with all of this cloning business, that there, there's more issues and and guide and whatever. Yeah, there's, they have the ability to reproduce children or people or beings through DNAs and things like that in labs, basically. So, what am I trying to say? If we was all as a race kind of wiped out fifty percent of our population, heavens forbid, they can mass produce people through labs, through people, through. I'm not saying for you still sure. Still got three and a half billion. There's loads of people. Right, so oh my God, why would you? Why would you want to? We've got an overpopulation crisis, and we've got we are good natured enough not to kill off. Well, spare well going back people. to what I was trying to think and say earlier on with the third world population, these people are still living in simple uh, dwellings and simple, like you know, and they grow their crops and they survive on basic rations of bread, water whatever fruit and veg they can grow and get themselves. Yet we in the Western world, we want to climb the tallest skyscrapers and we want caviar and champagne and, and whatever we could you know why. produce and whatever. Because we are forever searching for more things to keep us... Because you be are not producing them. Say that again. If someone else is producing for us, what we produce is money. Yes. Usually out of services in the Western world. Okay. But the service we provide to each other, then we take that money and we buy stuff that someone else produced. And to someone produce, else and we're called the fish. And so we were born up with milk and water, basically, as nah, children. At my point, go out and plough. And once you ploughed all day, you will be very happy with the simple food that you 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 grow. So all these people in third world countries or or indigenous people in tribes and villages and they've cut themselves off away from the world. Are they all suffering with depression? Are they all suffer are they all suicidal? Are they all do they know what that is? Is there such a thing? I don't know. Not until you show them how we live. Right. So who is better off? As Why long as they don't know how you live, they're got, definitely better we've off. We've got everything we could possibly manufacture and produce and computers and TVs. And, and my kids have got all of these gadgets as I see beneath me. But yet you could talk to them and say, well, what's the matter? Oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. I'm so, oh, I'm so this. And I'm so, what, what, what is it that they're looking for? They're looking for a higher euphoria a higher experience a higher richer experience no i think that would be the time what they money can afford to get them but there's always something my parents had the same conversation with the toys and the early video games and everything but we don't have we didn't have we didn't have computers and stuff like that when i was 12 14 came in later and we were bored and we had toys and Whatever toys there were fans with, um, okay. in could get, we had it. And there was two of us, me and my sister, and we would be playing together. But the best times always were when we were out on my grandmother's farm. Eight, nine children all together between the ages of 10 and 14 or 10 and 16, 15. And we all played together, with, but no toys. We were throwing rocks. We were 
building mud huts. We were recreating the children of the corn because in the cornfield. There is something mind. more behind it. There is some sort of other need in human beings that not being fulfilled in cities in the in the or, or most city settings. I don't think we meant to live this way, or I don't think that we successfully adopted adopted uh, a nervous system to to cope with city life. That's my personal belief. I can't cope with it personally. I live in it. I'm not happy about it. I right. don't cope. So very when well we go with back it. to simple living, and when I go back to my happy place in Cyprus or something, I'm happy to get off this rat race with technology. I'm happy to switch off my phone or silence it and leave it in the back of somewhere. I don't search for it. I don't reach out for it. I don't want to grab my phone. I'm happy with my surroundings. What I see and I embrace it. And then when I come back here, I yearn for it again. So is there such a problem? Is In the indigenous villages I mentioned earlier on with this, um, could someone can tell me, do these, like the kids, are they waking up every morning and kind of like screaming at the parents, I'm bored, I'm bored, what am I going to do? No, no, they I, go, I, they I go like to the to river. Yeah, exactly. I, they, Fetch they, the told water. Me, they told me in the charity advert that they go to the river every day. Okay. Now, the other thing is, do they grow up suicidal? Do they grow up depressed? Do they blah, 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 go through what the Western children are going through right now? Um, do they... Um, is there autism in these villages? Is there, you know, all of these symptoms that we are quite trying to deal with? Is I know that they, they, they there are sort of disabilities are born, and I think that I'm not going to go on to that one. But well, no, because disabilities are demonic possessions in their eyes, and then they're going to call the priest, right. and the priest is going to try to. Okay, but they're going to do it the best way they can. They and then they're going to bury the kids, so whatever. they will so make that sure is that what they mind will set them back. So. Are we happier in modern life? I'm still trying to work it out. Right. Are you happy? I'm always happy. <laughs> then there's your answer then. You I are happy. I personally am happy. You are happy in modern life. But I've I've had um, 50 years to kind of work it out. There's a lot of 20-year-olds that are still working it out. And they're going to have to go through what I went through inevitably. And as we all do, run our personal lives and learn from our mistakes. And try and guide our children as and as and when we can. I think it's a good thing to go through phases in your life. You have to. Yeah. Not to. everybody does. Come on. What do you mean? No, we we don't all share no, the listen, same. No, I know people. I know people who had the same. Like so, they they finished school and eighteen twenty. They went to the family business. They started to work in the family business with the parents or with the family, and uh, they they married at 18 or 20 okay. to the high school sweetheart or okay and it, it was a steady it's just a steady life they had two kids but they still go to work every day never it's never routine, struggled it's a routine winning formula and that's fine and if their mindset is happy with that sort of routine normal life then they will go but then there's other people in their minds that just can't do the same and same. They never and struggled. They never had to sort of 
push back against life so how do you develop skills how do you develop how do you if there is no pressure how are you going to shape under the way of life and that's why i think it's good thing whatever you do if if you go through your 20s making money yeah on wall street okay and then that ruins your family life and your family life falls apart you get divorced and everything and on 30 to realize oh, fuck, i'm just wake making money and now i'm divorced and penniless uh, and then you turn around and start a new career, a new life, and you build up a second life, and you're not gonna make the same mistakes. You are a changed man. You are a different man. You only le lived two lives, if not three. If you, you you think that you're a child and you're learning the learning the world as the most one of the most exciting times of your life, so even though you don't realize it until later. In, in your words, like you just said, to do the second life and the third life. And I'm like, well, you've only got one life. And but is it all the same for if it's if, if my life is the same for 70 years? Yeah. No, you see, you're living one life. Then you've made that mistake and then you've learned from that mistake. And then you've re-careered, re-pathed to not to make the same mistake. And then... So there is no second life and third life. You're not going to rub it out and start all over again. You've effed up the first bit and I'll, I'll start again on new career, new this. You start again from that point, but you're not starting your life again. You've learned from that mistake and you move on. In a different direction. There's different no life choice. path. Yeah. Therefore, you're living a different life. <sighs> you are still who you are from, your, from the birth. You are still who you are. You are not changing the DNA. You're not changing how your parents brought you up. You are who you are. Well, I think that's the point of starting over, that you are no longer the same person that you were before. Otherwise, you're going to do the same mistakes. Um, okay, I'm going to have to beg to differ with that. I, I would believe from the point of birth... I think our future is being mapped out. I think our destiny and everything is mapped out. I think it is our whole path, I believe, is already mapped out. It's just us growing into it. And uh, the pitfalls, we're going to fall into it. The the highs and lows, we're going to enjoy that roller coaster. We're going to have to feel those emotions. We're going to learn from it, cry from it. We lose loved ones. We we gained, we, we give birth, we get pets, we lose businesses, we crash cars, we fight, we whatever. We It is all mapped out, I believe. In advance. In advance, I believe. Like your whole matrix theory. I believe we, it's all mapped out and we're just going with it. And then when we come to a, a crossroad and we have to make those awkward decisions, was it the right one? Was it the wrong one? Should I have gone left if or it's right? All, yeah, it's all mapped out. Then you don't have to worry because you just go with the flow. Well, if I turn left and I think, oh, I'm on the wrong You were road, determined to, to, to turn left. You, 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 it's it, not it's your decision. Just, it's not my decision. You are, you are... I've lost a whole week, sleepless night. Which direction should I go? The decision's already there. You're just being tested. Really? I think so. Mm. What? So you're. I don't like that. 
Yeah, but you've I come up like with that. the Matrix theory. You've seen the films. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asked your opinion. Like you, you said evolution or or creation, and I said, oh, maybe Matrix. Of course, you can go back to what's behind the wheel, the Matrix, and stuff like well, that. But well, it's the well, same. What's the uh, the old cliche? Uh, a, a leopard can't change its spots. Okay, with that cliche. Yeah, I'm not a leopard. Okay, but that, there's that cliche there. So, um, if um, you know, if 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 your if your habits are of this, and then you know what, and then you you meet a partner, and she says, "Oh, I'm going to change you," and like our partners or wives, they they are destined to change you as a, oh, I don't like the way you do this, and I don't like the way you you, you do that, and talk like this, and whatever. They people will try and change you, and you will conform to please them, and you will kind of suppress uh, your you know your aggression and whatever, and this and that, and you. But all you're doing is just burying it deep down. And then the time will come. It will come out again. It will like, Because that is who you are. That is, you are either sweet-natured or kind-natured or aggressive or whatever. Yes, there's anger management. Yes, there's aggressive people out there. Yes, there's um, uh, clinics and things that we need to help these people sort their anger management. Because it's not, you can't go around with anger management and killing people and whatever. We need to kind of control these people but i can't make you i could spend 10 years trying to make you like me like like similar to me why would i anyway is number one and be you you will not change so if you start coming home with flowers for your wife and start being more romantic and start doing this and start doing that and start doing all the things that you've never done before how long will you last how long will that last for? It depends. What's the one week? One one year? Hang on, hang on, hang on. That's what. So why would you? You will then go back to being. It the, the it depends person. why you change. But I've got I've got loads of issues to pick with your with your um, my theory theory now. So first of all, if I'm aggressive and. Uh, why am I aggressive? So if I was aggressive at twenty twenty five, because I had no partner or I had no. Uh, money or no proper career I felt unloved I felt I have to fight with the world of course I'm aggressive of course I'm depressed uh, so you're saying that it's and then nurture. I meet someone are you saying that that's nurture that brought you to that point or was it nature is it is there some chemical imbalance in your body from birth because I could see aggressive children at the age of two or three or four but they need to be aggressive but if I could see that aggression in a child or two or three, then I could probably not guarantee, I could predict somehow what their future, if I could see their surroundings. No, you can't. I could make a good prediction, not 100% accurate, but then I will look at their environment where they grew up. I can look at I their, see your point now. Like okay, I so can see that. No, I so think... So is that nature or nurture? Are they... No. Each and every one of us has... All of it deep inside, and certain situations will bring it out. Yes. Okay. So, a child left to its own devices, I don't think it would get aggressive as long as it's everything provided for them. But put another child in there when they have to share over toys or food or resources. Yeah. They have to fight the nature to uh, is, is the nature to survival fight because instinct. because the survival instinct. The most uh, t I think it's two most 
aggressive animals in the world. One is the Tasmanian devil, okay. and the other one is the honey badger. Okay, I didn't know that. Two things come on with these two. What? I'm not sure about the honey badger, but I think I, I think it was. Uh, I found that these two similarities, uh, f for sure, the Tasmanian devil have four or six pups. Yeah. On four nipples. Right. So they have to push the other sibling off of the nipple if they want to eat. Right. Okay. And I think it's similar with the honey badger. If not the number of nipples, then they they abandon their pups really early. Right. Something like that. But it, they treat them tough and they have to fight for survival from birth. And that makes them very aggressive uh, as, as adults as well. I do think that in the name of evolution and in the name of that you have to fight for survival even when the circumstances change, change I do think that uh, every single possibility is coded in there deep down mm -hmm. how can i explain this so for instance everybody's worried about the polar bear yeah. because the ice sheets are shrinking they can't uh survive now uh, in the, i think it was the uh, planet earth 2 hd yeah a fuck off big male Huge male, probably a ton or 500 bear. polar bear. Yeah, up on the cliffs where the seagulls nest in. Okay, climbing up. So, how he didn't fall down, I don't know, but it was eating, it, it, it was eating the, the eggs. Right now, I'm not doing, I'm not saying that it was enough for the eggs, I'm not saying that it's good, I'm not saying that they're not go they, they could survive on eggs or anything. But he adopted a new behavior to, to survive, survive from today to tomorrow. Yeah. And there might be a whale carcass tomorrow and so on, so on. Some of them get skinny. Some of them don't have either the environment to, to, to find other food because they're further up north or they're in a, in a, in a different environment. There is, you know, whatever. Yeah. But so they already adopted a... a previously unseen or unheard of uh, behavior and that is survival that is evolution because if that thing wasn't there then uh, th that's how lo life came about yeah, but if, if, if you if you look of a family of no go back to go back to the way early when you there was just bacteria and right. there was no oxygen okay and they survived, uh, and then one of them start. One of these bacteria started to produce oxygen, and everything that there was no oxygen was a, a, a chemical that killed every other microorganism on the planet, except those who adopted. Where did they come from? Yeah. They must have come from the ones who said that oh, okay, I, I can't live with oxygen. I'm unarable. I cannot function in oxygen in an oxygen environment. But the ones who care must have evolved from those, yes. which means that at one point must have been the first one who said, oh, I'll give it a go. Give it a go. See how, see how fair. And maybe one in a million was uh, uh, 999,000 perished. So couldn't how cope many with hundreds one of years would it take for this evolution? How many? I mean, if you're telling billions. me that if I was born like as I am with 
fingers and digits. <laughs> if you raise me in a water tank and I reach to the age of 20, 30, would I have formed webs between my knuckles? Or is it going to take me about 100 years before I evolve? 100? I think, nah, I don't think so. I don't think you would. I think your your uh, offspring would. Down the line, somewhere. So your take me from would. birth, chuck me into a water tank, and my head's bobbing up, up and down above it. For hundred years, then I would uh, uh, have a partner. We would produce. You would, would adopt, baby. Then would my children then be formed with webs of some sort? Are you talking about one generation, or we're we talking about probably four, not five, six generations. These, these, these experiments have been done. What was his name? It's, it's, it's the the evolution theory that was failed was named after him. Okay. Uh, but what he did, he wanted to. He wanted to uh, prove what you just said, that okay. if you do the same thing to the same species over and over again, it, they will change, they will evolve into something else. Uh, for instance, they were putting um, something to do with frogs mating, and on the hands they put some po uh, something that they can grab better when they were mating. Okay. And he thought that that spot on the hand... I'm, I'm really butchering it down, but... The Lamarckian, Lamarck, Lamarckian evolution. That's one. Lamarck. He was the okay. Lamar or Lamarck. Uh, Lamarckian evolution. So he he thought that if you modify a one species, then the offspring will modify with it. That's not how it works. And I tell you the story. I heard that the the best uh, counter argument to it. So what he did, he cut off the um, tale of newborn mice. Okay. Every generation for years and years and years. And he thought it's not... Sooner or later, he's going to get tailless mice right. because after a certain amount of generations, it wouldn't grow anymore. And they said, well, that, then Jewish people wouldn't have foreskin anymore, would they? Because they've been... Chopping it, chopping off, for it off for generations Absolutely. and generations. So why the rest of what... Yeah. Because you need a split. So your line is there and there will be a genetic modif modification every now and then every thousand uh, cell split there is a genetic modification it should be internal not what you cut off on external you need to go right. internal so you've got you've got you've got an offspring of, of of a million down the generations your genes is a, in a million people Let's say you didn't reproduce the the traditional way. Let's say we cloned you every time we cloned you. Yeah. But after two or three generations, there will be certain differences in the genetic code. Yeah. So you've got a million versions of you, all roughly look the same and sound the same, but there are certain little differences all. And then we change the environment. We take away oxygen, say. In that million, there will be one or two whose genetic abilities got, went that way, that, yes, I can survive in this new environment. If the environment never changes, don't matter. I can survive in both. But all the rest will die away while those will carry on the genes, and that's how they survive. Okay, so to but if you to closer to home, I am one of five children. I am one of... I've got, I've got four siblings, okay? Too older than me, too younger than me. Now, we've all taken different paths of roots and we're all different shapes and sizes. There's four boys and one girl. 
both the same parents, both genetically all the same, but we are we have we are different, different height, shape, size, whatever. How is it that some of us have kind of we all think different, we all argue different, we all have a different outlook of life. We if we get us all together, we would not get on right now. But um, if I saw one of them was struggling, if I'm up here in life and I've done well, financially done well and secured myself well and I've worked hard to get to this level and I see another one is kind of struggling, do I I go down and I pull them up because my my parents have brought me up well to this is family. You that, are that's also... A different thing. But how is it that all five of us did not uh, do similarly well in in sort of life, be it materialistic, financial, whatever? It, it, we just kind of all. Well, you would have you for that if you wanted wanted to make it into an experiment, you would have to put you all five of you in the exact same positions in life so you would have to marry the same woman you would have to do the same so job so it's the outside influence that changes us yes in that sense but what the, f the, the first thing you started this uh, example with is that you all three the all five of you use different height different even though you come from two people same parents same parents yes but not the same genes you don't get the same genes every time you repeat okay. give You've so got millions and millions of genes, but uh, from your ancestors, and you get some ge some genes are dormant, some genes skip generations. Some so it's always, and then there is food, what your mother ate, how much stress she got. Yeah, fine. So then it comes down to so I would see myself more of a kind of easy go, placid, live, um, be happy, whatever, and I enjoy people around me. Then some of my siblings are more kind of aggressive and kind of uh, leave me alone, miserable. Like some, not all of them. I'm not, I'm not emphasizing my family here at the moment, just as a point. Mm -hmm. um, how was it I was this and they are that? How was it, you know, not from getting married. This is when we were children sharing the same house. You know how many things influence the, your personality? You, you yourself. It's your upbringing. It's the where was your status within the family? Where was your status? Were you beaten up by the others, or were you beating the others up? Were your mom's favorite? Were your dad's favorite? Were you the one who always the black sheep? Right. Then you've got the the outer uh, environment on the street. Your friends. Who were your friends with? Did you get into trouble? You didn't get into trouble. Were you afraid of your fathers? You were afraid of others or you didn't care yeah but they're so all imprints as you get older all these so amount to and they can imprint the same thing can imprint different ways you get i don't know if you're 10 years old then you get caught uh, stealing chewing gum yeah you might go uh after uh, you uh, i saw get away with it so i'm just gonna have to get better at nicking right or you can say i'm not gonna do that ever again because I feel so embarrassed. Yeah, but is that is that survival instinct? Chew, nicking that chewing gum from the corner shop. Both uh, both are and neither. Because your parents didn't give you the money, they didn't have the money, but you wanted it. So you're going to go out and get it. If you put it, yeah, if you put it into a... But there's it, loads of rich people and there's sort of film stars even now with, they've got all the money and possibly they can probably muster up 
but they still go out stealing. Well, they do. They go. It, so they do it for the rush. They do it for the right, excitement. So the excitement of something. But then there's people with brains and there's people with brawn. Like I don't have brawn. I'm not wired. I'm not aggressive. I can't. I can't fight anybody. But then I've got the courage within me to speak up for everybody. So I don't have muscle power or build. I'm not six foot. I'm not. I am what I am. But my courage could be, and my brains or my knowledge will be a lot more powerful and stronger than that guy with the the muscle or the brawn. So in a tribal environment, where would you be? I would probably be dead, and that man would probably no. <laughs> but if I'm clever enough, I would be cunning enough not to be caught in certain places, certain times, and I'd be clever enough to sort of manipulate or control or something. Whereas a guy with the brawn, I'm not so clever, or woman for that matter. They've got the strength to protect themselves, but not the brain. So we we need all of these elements of people to enrich our lives. I've got very strong friends. I've got very clever friends and family. I've, I've We meet people, and I embrace all of these people. How I categorize them and what pigeonhole I tend to put these people in as do they put me into their little pigeonhole, which is acceptable, I think. But we then, like you said earlier on, that you need these people to network on via Facebook or contacts, whatever. I will call upon these people as and when they will. I need them. Not to use them, not to abuse them, but if they're in my network and circle, my inner circle of people that I need, I need you for strength. I need you for your brains. I need you for your knowledge. I need you for your wisdom. I need you for your company, for your love, for your attention. Um, all sorts. Then that is what I love about people, that we are all different in every way. The, the vulnerable people, we accept them into our lives as well because they also, as human beings, need all the things that you and I will need. If they're vulnerable, if they're weak, if they're be it whatever symptoms they may be from autism whatever from whatever spectrum um we've now as a society embraced all sorts and that's what i love about this world now basically or this western world or whatever um from race color gender abilities disabilities whichever we have learned to accept all as equal and I'm happy with that. You know, I might be five foot four, five height. But do you think that's a reality, though? Do you do you think it actually works in practice when you say everybody is accepting everybody? I think I, it, uh, it, I would like to. In my naivety, I know what you're saying. It it doesn't carry on. There is still a lot of prejudice. There is still a lot of uh, things. But in my naivety, I would like to think in a perfect world that it does exist and if i believe it does then i don't want to be negative about it if i believe that it is with the positive mental attitude of encouraging it should it not just get to that point of 100 percent uniformed uh, uh you know harmonious life not in my lifetime maybe 100 years maybe 200 years but let's carry on with the positive attitude Let's be happier. 
and just dragging all the negative and just kind of turn it into a positive charge of some sort. I'm ty- I'm sa- starting to sound like a hippie now, aren't I, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go out and embrace a tree. Good luck to people who love embracing trees, but I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Yeah, Eric Weinstein. He, he, he started his podcast pretty recently, The Portal. Yeah. I can't remember which podcast it was mentioned on because there was, there was a few. I already listened to a few podcasts. They said that multiculturalism is uh, almost like an oxymoron is not the right word i know because in, in when it's the meaning it's different but okay. culture yeah based on exclusion therefore multiculturalism cannot be inclusive you understand i'm having a dumb moment at the moment break that down for me so culture, i'm gonna try and get onto the same level as you. i i i just really hope that what i understood in, from that conversation of those very smart people is what they meant to Are you saying that smart people should me. stick together and dumb No, no, no. I'm saying that it. I heard that conversation made me think I'm not 100% sure if I understood what they uh, meant with it. Right, you tell I me can what tell you, you what I it. understand yeah, by tell it. Me. So, and it's, it's really just this one sentence what he said that uh, multiculturalism as uh, it's described it cannot work because culture is based on exclusion. So, if everybody does one thing, yes. you know, you've got you've got all the people in the world. Yes. Everybody eats. I'm with you. I'm That's not a culture. Enough. You cannot say my culture is eating. Right. Everybody, but not everybody eats olives, for instance. Yeah. So that might be a, f- a cultural f- food thing that oh, we eat olives before we eat anything else. Yeah. Well, that's a culture. Thing. Not everybody does that. Just yeah. that group of people. Yeah. And if you apply it to every single, and then you've got religion shaping culture, blah, 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 you're going to end up that culture forms society yep. by excluding everybody else. Yep. Okay, I'm with you now. Right? Okay, I'm with so you, you now. Put, you, you put together these uh, little clusters of people based on excluding others. That's what keeping them together. Like, this is me. And that's you. It's almost like families, you know. But the very thing that's holding them together culturally mm-hmm. is based on that it's only them. Okay. And then you cannot march into a Jewish wedding with the uh, a cross. Yeah. Uh, you you can. I'm not saying they're gonna beat you up, but, but you're not you gonna are... become Jewish. No, that's right. Right. So the the very thing that's holding them together is that they exclude others from their rituals for the from for their lifestyle make distinguishing themselves from others to and then better you, themselves to make them are they to strengthen to, to strengthen, strengthen their the, network their yes. social fiber okay and then you put these clusters together mm-hmm. in a geographical location and you call it the multicultural society mm-hmm. And you can, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I see faults in it, but based on that conversation I listened to, and that very sentence that culture is based on exclusion, excluding others, it's it's cannot the way it's described, it cannot work. Okay, it, I will agree with what you're saying, and my only experience from this reaching to this riper age 
is growing up in a a Turkish non-practicing Muslim faith like my parents did not religiously practice but they um growing up just only knowing the Turkish lifestyle in an western London English upbringing schools and language now I reached an age of 16 and then I start exploring the world and 18 and 20 so I'm still very much uh, my morals and ethics and upbringing was still kind of what I've learned from my parents, what they've instilled into me from child, you mustn't do this, and from good, from bad, from uh, be it religiously, be it um, superstition, be it whatever, whatever their parents taught them, they passed on to me. Now, I've left home at 20. I've had 30 years to identify where I'm from, where I'm going, who I am, whatever. How did I how did I get into this shape? Because I'm living in a multicultural society of London, of England. More people have come since the European uniform market. We've I've embraced more uh, other countries of cultures and things. I've embraced the Polish, I've embraced the Romanian, I've embraced whichever from you know from every race of of country or whatever not every but majority or some i was blessed now every time i talk to people like yourself or whatever i'm picking up a bit of your past history and i'm i'm embraced and now just going to travel the world as well i'm picking up other bits and pieces i have left some of the rubbish Turkish things I was told as a child from my parents I'm thinking yeah that's a stupid idea <laughs> you know I don't need that I don't right. need that superstition in my life I don't need that rubbish in my life but I've adopted other cultural things you have, have adopted. we not now well I have taken on board onto my life and I have embraced it and I've questioned it thought about it you know what give like, me an example the big example, all of the young generation, not all, majority of young people, like this new face, like not new, it's been around for a while, karma. Oh, yeah, yeah, karma's a bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And every person's going around practicing this whole karma business. Uh, it's not practicing because it's, it's just became a, a sort of a, 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 a turn of phrase. Oh, it's, it's a karma. turn of phrase. It's, but when it's Murphy's Law as well, isn't it? It's the same thing. But there's a lot of young people pra not practicing. They're going around like relying on karma just to get but sweet revenge, just to get this and this and this. So now the attitude is... Uh, yeah, they're oh, stabbing each other out of karma. That's what you want to tell me. Don't do anything. Just, just wait, darling, and and then karma will sort it out for you. And then give it two years. Oh, there you go. I told you, karma. And I'm like, oh for God's sake! Come but on, why, why are you break. watching young people? Young people is going to try out different things throughout their lives. From sort of 16 to 25, they will have the full circle of all the religions and all the superstitions, and they go deeply into astrology and then they come off of astrology most of them yeah and they go into karma and then they forget about karma and they're, they're trying out what's working for them yeah, but it's not a culture but do we not in a multicultural society now of living in a city of london where i'm at carry on i'm gonna grab all, another drink meeting all sorts of people um 
we've become Londoners at the end of the day. We are Londoners at the end of the day, and we we have adapted to a London. We've become a group of Londoners. That's it. If we get people coming from out of London, from Scotland, and they come into London, and with a a, a thick uh, Scottish accent, as soon as we hear the accent, do we not kind of we identify who they are? We welcome them because we are welcoming civil beings at the end of the day. But, you know, I'm not just saying Scottish, any person or the Welsh have a thicker accent or the, the Brummies or the Liverpools or, or whatever. I've got an accent. I've got a London accent. If I go to Scotland, I will stick out like a sore thumb at the end of the day. People will see that you're not from the town. But the fact is, as human beings, we've accepted each other a lot more um a lot more welcoming and we're not judging people anymore we we are we notice the differences but we accept the differences and that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say i just like the fact that we can accept the differences and get on with it we don't emphasize our negative people uh, negative side of things it's rude to emphasize you know so yes you appreciate you tolerate not tolerate you appreciate you live together in in with, with other cultures yeah it, it it it's not it doesn't become a new culture it doesn't become a larger culture it just becomes tribes within tribes because you say you embrace the scottish and isn't that lovely but you are in the same tribe you you you're both british but we we are in a british art but then that and then western yeah, yeah but and then it gets, and we are all from the same bloody planet. We're from the world. So what does it take? The aliens to invade us so that we're going to be all one and equal? Well, that's what that's the old Independence Day was about. Right, the first there you one. That, so, but that's, that, that is a... Until that day happens, we will keep uh, being the hierarchy. Oh, I'm better than you because I'm taller. I'm better than you because I'm whiter. I'm better than you because be I'm all... brawner or whatever. It, 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 there was, it's all rubbish total rubbish as i said earlier on we need all sorts of beings to make this world perfect as it is and i think it's perfect it's perfect as it is i think it's absolutely perfect seriously interesting i've heard that it's getting better and it's much better than um, the um, media wants us to believe which is a conspiracy theory in itself but i i, I see I, I i see i think that is true that the frightening us off of our own streets all the time which makes them unsafe because they, there will be people walking around all the time there will be people around will be less crime but because they keep telling people to lock your children up because one or two things statistically by number very few crimes happening i know the crime rates are high but more people get injured or die in car accidents, in home accidents, in during cooking, during uh, recreational things, than yeah. victims of 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 crime. Yes. So, and what we get from the government—I don't know if it's the government or what we get—feedback, direct feedback from the news, from the media, from the newspaper—is to don't go out, lock yourself in, lock your children in. And just stay in. Don't 
and don't let people tell you otherwise. Yes, we've got to have common sense. Yes, we've got to have streetwise. Yes, we're living in the city. Um, when I was younger, growing up, um, what, what what was my fear? Oh, um, as a kid, oh my god, let me lock that. Door. Oh my god, let me draw those curtains because it's pitch dark outside. Yeah. So as a child of teenager, 10, 12, 13, 14, it would be like in my mum's house, in my bedroom. Oh my god, it's really windy outside. It's autumn. Let me draw the curtains. I can hear the wind swishing, and I'm trying to sleep. And my imagination run wild, and I've kind of scared shitless in my own bed underneath the duvet. The the bogey. That is so primal. Okay, now I'm fifty. I I live in a woodland environment. There's not dangerous animals, but there's foxes and badgers and deers and whatever. I could go out at 12, 1, 2, whatever, in the pitches and darkest of nights, and I could sit there in the pitch dark, and I could hear animals walking past me, and I don't care. I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared of the big bad bogeyman. Would you do that if, if someone told that, oh, there is a, uh, I don't know, black panther in uh, loose in Croydon? No, if, if that is the case, if these are they're going to attack people, then that's stupidity and naivety. But the point is, rather than scare myself of something that is not real or the the, the dark skies is not going to hurt me, the wind whistling is not going to hurt me as a child, I could have held on to those fears for the rest of my life or the spider that's dangling from the ceiling. Oh, my God, there's a spider scream. Oh, my God, there's a beat. All these phobias that people have. I've become strong enough to overcome these man-manufactured phobias and fears of the dark, the nights, the spiders, the bees. Embrace it. Embrace it. We need the bees to pollinate to keep us going. The spiders are created. We're created. And I've come to terms with it. If there's a, a, a badger walking past me in the middle of the night, good for it. If I'm destined to die and I'm dying because a badger ate me alive in my house, no, then bit, bit you and bit gave me you and killed me and rabies, whatever. Then, if I'm destined, I was I was in in Bali. We was walking around. But the listen, the envi- in the environment you are, we are in civilized Western people in our cities. Yeah, these are not rational threats to have, right. especially London rabies doesn't exist apparently uh, in the among the foxes and the badgers what your threats would be another human the people will the kill people each other. yes traffic yes getting electrocuted okay by a faulty appliance okay so they're house the main, fire they're the main cause gas leak right which one of these you you, you worry about so is as it a, a gas res- leak as a responsible parent and raising children, I will tr- do my best to make sure that the, the house I'm living in, safe. the electric is safe. The I have taken away the, the gas cooker and put like a like an induction hob. I'm not saying it won't blow up. Anything can happen with technology. But I will try and reduce any form of risk that I can. I'm in a fortunate position where I've worked hard and provide and I've got and I'm able to do that so i know it's not possible for everybody or most people but i think as 
we could still have that risk assessment. Doesn't matter whether you're in a one room flat or a 20 bedroom mansion, you as a parent or raising, or you are responsible for whoever you're with, if not for yourself, to all have this risk assessment. Well, everybody sort. has these risk assessments daily. Right. Well, the question is that in your environment, the biggest fear and the biggest risk that you consider is probably the least likely to happen. Yet we have a sort of the impression as a society that we are in danger in our own environment all the time. My biggest fear is uh, when I was uh, in my heydays of, uh, say, eight, I was about 18, was the fact... That what year was that? Oh, some, some years ago, whatever. Okay. Was the fact that one particular time I was at my friend's house in Sidcup and I was going to walk ho uh, walk to the bus stop and catch a bus on a Sunday afternoon, early evening, four or five-ish. And my friend's friend, for whatever reason, insisted that he gave me a lift to the bus stop. And I said, no, I'm fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, it's fine. He had a slight grudge against me for whatever silly reason. And whatever happened on this day, he, we got in a car, the three of us. I sat at the back. He drove recklessly. Now, he's like, he's young, he's driving around and, and taking me to the bus stop. On this particular wet day, he lost control of the car. The car spun around. That was it. That was the last thing I remembered. I was knocked out, knocked out unconscious, woke up in hospital, split head, broken arm. Lucky to be alive, apparently. The, the fire engines cut me out and blah, 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 this and that. Since then, I've obviously developed some sort of uh, fear to people, basically. I don't want you to drive me home. I don't want you to do things for me. And I've learned to do things for myself. So if I'm going to be reckless and drive that car, and if I've got my family and my kids in that car, I will then stay focused as best as I can to ensure that we get from point A to B in the best, safest way that I possibly can. So you're saying you say you have known. So you're saying you were avoiding people if driving I can, you. If I can drive myself, I would rather take my own means i'm not saying i don't get in taxis i don't say i'm not getting ubers and nine times out of ten i get into these services but you and buses consciously avoiding the situation when nine you're not times in out control of ten, yeah if i'm not in control of that doesn't mean i'm going to jump on a plane and fly my own plane to holidays no i can't do that um but when i get on the plane i put my trust in that pilot that is going to fly the plane as best as he can when i get into taxis and buses I will trust that. The other day, I asked a, a friend of mine, a Romanian young friend of mine, who does a lot of building work for me. I've left my car at the shop. Do me a favor. Come and pick me up on a Sunday morning to go and get my car. Yeah, no, but we was going to do some work. We was going to get together and do some work anyway. But it just meant he got up a bit early and picked me up just so conveniently I can get to the shop and pick up my car. So I wasn't stranded, not stranded. But I got in his car... He drove out the estate, and oh my God, he was a reckless driver. He was speeding around that corner. He was racing down to the roundabout, zoomed round the roundabout. I just grabbed him in the end. I said, what the fuck are you doing? Just slow down. It's a Sunday morning, easy driving. There's no rush. 
So I just pulled him up. I said, fucking slow down. Slow yourself down. I'm in no rush to get anywhere. That was reckless driving on an empty road. He's thinking there's no other cars. I've got the road to myself. Let me put my foot down. And I'm saying you can have a something can run out, a, a tire could puncture, we could be slung off the road, spinning off. I don't want to end up in hospital. I was lucky to survive last time because of some stupidity of your look at me, I could drive fast. Go on a racing track, you idiot, and drive by yourself. Don't put me in your car. Don't put my life in your hand. I, you're, I'm not allowing it. Back off. You definitely have the have the right to say in a car if you're not driving to um I'm not comfortable. You I want you to slow down. That's definitely when I was on reasonable. holiday for the last we was away for that two weeks. We've had many cabs in Hong Kong, in Singapore. Sometimes we get in a cab driver is very comfortable driver and very polite and pleasant. The next cab we get, the guy's a reckless driver. We was just like speeding and my wife and kids were holding on to their dear lives onto the seat. You're just like, just oh, right, you just get us there, and we get out, and we just slam the door. Yeah, thanks a lot. See you later. We don't want to ever see you again. That is. Did you tell them? I told them. <laughs> Some of them are just, oi, slow down. And others are just. So, first podcast. Brilliant. We've done all right. Yeah. We'll let the viewers and uh, the listeners, uh, that they can be the judge of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm Listen, we had a good time. We had a good chat. We we tried straighten out the world. It's not going to happen in a couple of hours, but we we tried that. We did our best. We chipped away a little bit. Definitely. Hopefully, not offending anyone. But I just want to stress: we are. I'm a hairdresser at the end of the day, and I'm not a politician, and I'm not a whatever. I, I'm doing my bit for society as best as I can. Nevertheless, so we're going to carry on talking about it. Whatever I've said is not offensive in any way or it wasn't meant to be or intended to be you have and to break I, some eggs yeah but i want to be educated so if anyone wants to get back to me and say you're an idiot and you said this and you said that if i said it then correct me and how do you how, why do you think that they write no, but this how is, do this you is th why do you think anyone says to another human being that you're an idiot straight away right is an idiot themselves no well, well then then yeah but in my mind's eye what i'm saying i think is right but i'm willing to be uh swayed another way if someone proves to me your way of thinking i think it could be better because of x y and z and i'm willing to listen and be um take on board whatever's going to be said this is just experience of me living my life no one else's life this is how i feel this is how i see it um the world in and many you, people's uh, eyes is not perfect there's many mistakes but in my eyes the world is perfect and people and can take it or leave it things happen tragic things happen and negative things happen but equally with the whole yin and yang of things, I believe that equally positive things happen as well. And it does balance itself out. People die, people are born. People, you know, tragedies happen, good things happen. I'm, I think the way this harmonious thing, it happens. Yes, it's tragic. Wars are going on. People are dying. Devastation. I could put the news on all day long and I could be heartbroken by it. But if there's a, a, a happy news of a different channel, 
it would highlight all the good things that happen in life we don't actually hear or see about. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't yeah? exist. That so I think this is uh, this yin and yang of the world. It does exist. But we're just always bombarded with a lot of the negative side of things rather than the positive. <laughs> so I'm trying to change my way of looking at life, the way the world works. I think I would live better for it with that sort of slight hippie attitude to life, I think. Well said. I think so. Thank you. Well said. And I love debates. Yeah. And I like to have debates. I'm not necessarily good at it. Yeah. I'm still allowed to have them. Absolutely. And as much as I love you and I love to talk to you, I appreciate it. I would be would be lovely to disagree with you now and then. Brilliant. Because yes, so we're not going to just sit here and No. I don't want you listening to me and say each yes, other. yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right because I know I'm not right. But tell me I'm not right and tell me in a good way I'm not right. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. If I can't, if I don't have a comeback to what you say, if I say I don't agree, but I don't know why, I just think you're an idiot. That's well, not an argument, well, and I've got no point. Uh, then I've got, you know, yeah, no, I, I have to, I have to be able to uh, explain to you and to myself. Yeah, but there's some, why. there's some, yeah, but there's sometimes you just can't explain, but you just know in your gut feeling that it's not right. But, but that's, until, a, that's a gut feeling. That's until an emotion. Emotion until some time lapses and you might reminisce on this conversation then you'll think right i've got an answer to that and you might come back in six months or a year or five years and say oh you remember when you said this yeah i now have this theory that might put you wrong or set you straight or diverse you into a different direction well let's hear it cool and then it's down to me to take it on board and then for me to change my mind i love those debates brilliant yep but i'm just telling you what i think and you take on board what I think, and that's fine. Some you agree, some you think about, some you disagree. Brilliant. But we can shape each other's worldviews. You and, and I are shaping each other every time we meet that's up. That's true, yeah. But are we going to shape up the rest of the world? Very difficult. Not my responsibility. Well, what the whole conversation of tonight is, um, or many podcasts that we may have done or we will do, is the fact that I am delving deeper into my past memories and abstracting those emotions and bringing it to the forefront of my memory and talking to you about it. Like I would possibly, I've never been to a psychologist, I've never had any therapy, I've never had any, uh, never needed to, but just the fact that I'm talking to somebody like yourself or friend or family, I have many of these comfortable conversations with many people, i.e. at work, with clients, they come to me not with just their hair dilemmas once we've established a hair dilemmas let's talk about you what's going on in your life and then they open up to me and then i give back feedback from my experiences that may help them so as i jokingly said to a few of my clients or many of my clients i'm not charging you for your hair today i'm only charging you for the therapy session that you've had it's a lot cheaper than going to the therapist and you look glamorous and gorgeous on the way out so they're getting free therapy we are all therapists just having a coffee and talking to each other. Two? We we help each other. I'm going to rename the pro podcast Therapy. Perfect. The Therapy Podcast with no L. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Are we going to do another one? Absolutely. Soon? Um, 
just soon as okay. we, we make no promises but we're going to be as soon as mate there's right. more to come good all right thank you very much for downloading the podcast and we'll see you soon thank you bye bye